Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey friends. So I know we are all having lots of feels right now with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and Clarence Thomas saying that he wants to come after contraception and gay marriage next. And what I really want us all to be able to do is to hold space for ourselves for whatever is coming up in this moment. So what it actually means to hold space for ourselves is that we're showing up without judgment for where we're at. Looking at where you're at right now, how you're feeling emotionally, what's going on, whether you are thinking you've taken too much action or not enough action or whatever, we want to like move out of that space where we're having judgments about ourselves, and we really want to get curious about where we're at. What are the feelings that we're having right now? What are the thoughts creating those feelings? Look at them. Scrutinize them in a loving way. Then we'll get to the point where we're sort of understanding our emotional state from a place of compassion and empathy for ourselves. So in prepping for this podcast this week, the universe handed me a quote from Audre Lorde, and she was a Black lesbian writer, feminist, and civil rights activist. And it highlights so perfectly what I want to focus on today in regard to holding space for ourselves and self-care and what we can do for ourselves to show up for ourselves in this moment. So the quote says, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. There is so much that we want to fight against right now, and so many emotions, like emotions that we feel really intensely, like despair, inadequacy, ineffectiveness. And I know what's coming up for some of my clients are thoughts like, we're losing or we're fighting a battle we can't win. And we do need to be able to process these emotions, but we want to make sure that we're processing what I like to refer to as the pure emotion in the situation. And like, I know you're like, what the F does that mean? So First, let me explain a concept that I teach my clients, and it's that life is 50-50. Over the course of our lives, the balance of positive and negative emotion will be 50% positive and 50% negative. We are not meant to be happy all the time, and we're not even necessarily meant to be happy a majority of the time. And the reason I know this is because we all live it, right? We live in this world where things happen that we actually want to choose to feel badly about. Someone passes away. I want to feel grief. I want to experience that loss. 
other things like, you know, achieving a goal, right? Like that's not always going to feel amazing because I'm going to be experiencing failure along the way. I'm going to have to process that. Or something like as benign as like going to a scary movie, right? Like we go into it. Well, I don't, some of you do. I don't do scary movies, but you go into a scary movie with the intention of having like the shit scared out of you. And you, you, you do that on purpose and you, you deal with that emotion and you process it and you let it go. But the thing is when we feel a negative emotion, we did not expect like one we didn't sign up for, we start to think we should not have to be feeling it. Like we shouldn't have to be feeling that feeling right now. So we resist that emotion. And so now we're no longer just feeling and processing the original emotion. We're also feeling the resistance and that creates a net negative. We compound or we like double down on the negative emotion because we've added resistance on top of it. And now it feels worse. I don't think it takes away from the positive half, but it definitely intensifies the negative. So if I look at my my emotions in terms of like their intensity, right? So I'm still have 50 on the positive side and 50 on the negative side. I've just turned up the intensity on that negative emotion, maybe from a five to a 10. So I'm no longer just experiencing the pure emotion of the situation, Right now, one of the things that is causing a lot of the net negative is arguing with reality, right? This shouldn't be happening. Um, Congress should have done something to prevent this, Um, right? Like just the like pushing back against what's actually occurring in the present moment. This is not helpful because this is happening and from what I've read, we haven't really had the numbers in con in Congress in the last 50 years to codify road. So like, we're just continuing to tell ourselves these hurtful thoughts that have no basis in reality and aren't actually going to produce any result for us. That is going to be something we actually want in our lives. And when I talk about this, you might wonder why we do it because it sounds so awful. And The reason is because sometimes we don't want to feel that emotion, that original emotion that's underneath maybe the anger, right? So for me, when I think this shouldn't be happening and I'm in that resistance, it is anger. But anger is often a smokescreen for other emotions like fear, right? For me under it, I'm really afraid that like my marriage could be affected or that I will, I will lose bodily autonomy and not be able to make decisions about what is best for me and my body, whether that be medically or otherwise. This is really scary. But for my primitive brain, sitting with the, the scary is even scarier, right? Just being with that and allowing myself to really be in this moment and say like, yeah, I have fear. My primitive brain hates that. But like, there's so many things that are possible that I don't have any control over in my day-to-day life. So my primitive brain thinks it's easier to find someone to blame and to feel angry instead of feeling the fear or feeling the grief or the despair. 
And the net negative here, aside from compounding the experience of the negative emotion, is that I don't actually take any productive action. A lot of the action that gets taken looks like worrying, doom scrolling, asking unhelpful questions, crying, like it's all avoiding the feelings that are underneath that anger. And just a little bit of nuance here. Um, sometimes crying is processing and other times it's reacting and indulging. And we really want to know the difference. If it's just a reaction, that's fine. Our bodies are just doing what they do. It's a release. It's like sweating, right? I'm, I have an emotion. I'm crying. I'm reacting to the emotion. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're processing it. If it's indulging, then usually what is happening is we are bringing up like the thoughts that are causing pain, like we're just ruminating on them and continuing to think them and then crying and then not doing anything else. So it's just staying in our minds, like basically causing, inflicting mental suffering on ourselves and just staying stuck there. And that's how we know that we're indulging, right? There's nothing new created in our lives. We don't move forward. If I truly process, I get some kind of emotional shift, right? And then I might be able to take some action, right? Either to take care of myself or to make decisions about how I can impact the world. And the thing is, the only reason, like we're angry, we're angry and we're having all these feelings is because we do want to be able to show up and have an impact, right? We don't want to believe the thought that we're ineffectual or that we're fighting a losing battle. But when we're in this place of indulging or resisting the emotion, right, we don't actually end up having that impact. So if that's the case, then the most useful thing we can do for ourselves to, is first to care for ourselves. So I'm going to like walk you through like how we actually process an emotion or one way. You might have your ways already, but this is one way that I find that's really, really, really helpful for me. It's pretty basic. So the first step is going to, to be getting really honest about what you're feeling. You want to acknowledge it. You want to name it. You want to drop into your body, maybe do a body scan and see how it vibrates. Like what is it? How does it resonate in your body? So that's where we start. We just do that. You take a deep breath, drop into the body. What are you feeling? Then we can kind of go on to how does this feeling make me want to react? That's a great question. So if it makes you want to cry, it makes you want to hide, it makes you want to go like harm other people, right? These are, these are reactions. This is acting out an emotion. This is not actually being with the emotion, right? I am just acting it out. I'm, I'm actually trying to displace my own feeling and put it out there on someone else so I don't have to feel it. If we notice that, right, the next question is, can I just sit with it and not take the action? And you can do this for just 10 seconds, 30 seconds right? It doesn't have to be a long time for you to like really tap into it and experience it. And if you do that, at some point, you will notice a shift of some sort. Either the emotion gets less intense, or it might even dissolve altogether. And that's when you can check in with yourself about next steps. 
And the reason this is so important is because we need energy for this long fight. I was reading something that said it could take two to eight years to have the numbers in Congress we need. That means we need a lot of stamina. If we stay in anger and burn through our energy, we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves through this. The more helpful thing to do is seek out guidance and resources for what are actions that will have an immediate impact. And when I look at that, I can start taking those actions now. Part of that is also going to be to rest so that I have the stamina for the long game. And this is why self-care is an act of political warfare, because especially when we're talking about people who have been marginalized, the people in power are trying to tire us out so that we do not have the bandwidth to keep pushing. So this week and in the weeks and months ahead, think about an actual plan that incorporates rest, play, downtime, education, connection, and any other thing that you think will fill your cup. There is a reason you are told to put on your own oxygen mask first before helping someone else. If you truly want to be able to make the biggest impact, you need to make sure you are taken care of. And that's your job, to take care of you. That's all I have for you this week, besties. (laughs) If you have any specific questions for me on this topic, just slide into my DMs on Insta, it's at the only Chris Hale, or email me at chris at the only Chris I will provide whatever other resources I have for you to help you be able to show up for yourself and have your own back and hold space for yourself in a way that is going to allow you to process through what you're going through without judgment so that you release some of this energy and are able to show up in the world the way you want to. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, Spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.